This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's time to Take Command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. That's Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman. And, uh, well, this isn't the podcast we wanted to do, Logan. No, it's not. Definitely not the podcast we want to do. You know, I think, you know, you, you talked about, like, is this going to be embarrassing, whatever. And this is not the one we want to do for sure. So, yeah. Uh, for those that missed uh, the show yesterday, uh, the radio show, and then ultimately the pregame radio show, I said, like, if they lose this game, it's embarrassing. And it was a little bit of a bit. Um, and you said, like, there is a way where they lose and it's not embarrassing. But, like, the way they lost is pretty embarrassing. They gave up. 40 yeah. points uh, to a team that had not won in 14 games. Um, they gave up. There's so many stats from this one, Logan. Yeah. I mean, they gave up 40 points to a team that had one wide receiver with a catch. Uh, it yeah. was literally the DJ Moore show, show uh, Cole Komet, mm-hmm. Robert Tunyon, the only two receivers, are uh, both tight ends, obviously, but the only two uh, pass catchers to catch balls outside of DJ Moore. Uh, offensively, they were really bad in the first half, although I think there's some encouraging stuff in the second half, but that's also a pattern that we should probably talk about. It's Mm -hmm. not the first time. Uh, and certainly we'd love for it to be the last. Um, but as you're making the long drive home very late last night, like the highest level thought of that game is what? (laughs) Highest level thought of the game. Um, good question for me. I think. I think this is a this is a tough loss, obviously for the team. It's a tough loss loss because I think you're playing an opponent that's like trying to figure themselves out. Now, I want to say that this game was going to be dangerous for this team, kind of regardless. It was a short week against the team that does a lot of different stuff, novel stuff offensively. So the prep in a short week in terms of owning the game plan was always going to be challenging. I think yep. when you look at the stuff that DJ Moore did, I you know there's a couple of those where you're kind of like, and I wish I could have watched all of them before the show. There just wasn't time. Uh, but you know, there's the the one that Forbes is going for the football, and it's just past his fingertips. It ends up being like a 56 yard gain. There's the one at the end of the game where it's third and two, and Fuller's trying to knock the ball out. Doesn't Kendall quite... literally gets a hand on it. What are you gonna do? Yeah, and so I'm kind of like those. You know, if, if though that's like inches where that defensive approach or that defensive philosophy, you know, were successful. Like to my eye, like in terms of tight coverages, the quarterback makes an excellent throw, the receiver makes an excellent catch. 
and they lead to explosive plays because DJ Moore is an explosive football player. And like we talked about his ability to create explosive plays and how when you watch the Denver game last week, um, he was able to do that pretty consistently, like make tough catches and find ways to get, you know, make that offense go. So I, I just I think I look at the defensive back group and I'm like, you know, it'd be interesting again to go back and watch the all 22. But I'm sure like they would tell you that's got to be better, you know, and like the decisions and when to kind of take those chances have to be better. You know, like the one with Forbes, I think is a third and eight. And I think he's going to tackle him right at the sticks. It's like or right before the sticks. It's like maybe just tackle the tackle the ball carrier there. We'll have yeah. to play another down. And I think one of the 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 tenets of this Shaq Del Rio defense is bend but don't break. Kind of be consistent in terms of don't giving up big plays. And over the last two weeks, that's been – or last two games, excuse me, that has just not been in the DNA. Like when this defense is at its best, I think about how they were in the first half of the Buffalo game where they're everything's in front of them, they're tackling well, they're making teams go the length of the field. And the Buffalo game had explosive plays – but I think that you got a result there that you were looking for. And even the first half of the Philly game where you're kind of like, man, this is exactly what they want. And then all of a sudden there's this, this explosion of, of explosive plays in the second half. Same thing with Chicago. So that is my high-level thought defensively. Um, and also I just felt like for the defensive line, I know they weren't overly effective. I think the thing that stood out to me is like just they looked tired to me, you know, and like just yeah. how, much of, how much of their soul did they pour out in that Philly game. And I kept going back to that when I was watching, you know, like, the DBs look tired, um, but the the defensive line, man, I just thought like they are getting worn out. I thought the kudos to Chicago. They did a great job in those third and one, third, uh, fourth and one situations with the quarterback sneak, not letting the defense get set, just saying, hey, this is our plan on third and short. We're just going to quarterback sneak the football, give ourselves another set of downs. Great job by then. And it felt like this kind of inevitable wave, like a tsunami just crashing over the beach and there just wasn't enough physical juice in that front to kind of counter it. And, you know, they're playing on a short week too, and I get it, but I do feel like that overtime game in conjunction with the quality of the opponent in Philadelphia, the divisional game, just kind of physically and emotionally, that group looks spent to me. And, you know, offensively, um, I said this on the post game show and I probably got a little bit of heat for it, but I think you got a young quarterback, young receiver, young running back, young offensive lineman who are still trying to figure out their plan for Thursday night football, quite honestly, in terms of preparation. We mentioned that on the show pregame and in the game, I was like, they just don't look settled and it took a half of football. And again, they weren't on the field a ton. I think they had 15 offensive plays in the first half or something yeah, I like mean, that. It, the, the first half stats are incredible in terms of yeah. like, they gave up over 300 yards and had less than 60. It was like 307 to 56 or something yeah. like that at halftime in terms of total yardage and this team you know while they have dynamic playmakers it's not it's like kind of <clears throat> it's kind of the antithesis of chicago which is feast or famine it's like there's this kind of middle of the road production with this offense that i find really interesting considering that it's coming from kansas city and they throw the ball so much but it's really when they're converting on third down and when they're staying on the football field, which is not, again, not great football analysis. And we always joke about that. But when they are when they can convert on third down, when they can find these 15-yard chunk plays in a drive, that's when they're at their best. And so if you miss one of those, and which they did a little bit in the first half. They did. They, they missed two or three of them. I mean, the, there's a shot to Diami's open. And I don't know whether that's a little bit of a bad throw by Sam or Diami Gator armed it. Or like, e obviously, either one yeah, could have been right. a little bit better. 
I feel like Deami short armed it a little bit, but it also wasn't perfect. Um, that's a touchdown. Um, uh, there was one more that I'm now blanking on, but I remember like, I just, I just rewatched it, uh, the condensed version real quick before we recorded this morning. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball has been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And there's there's another one, too, where it's like as bad as the defense played, if the offense literally makes two plays, yes, it's a much different game at halftime. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. And I think that's the, so frustrating about it's it was last week it was frustrating with the defense in terms of if they make two more plays this game isn't even close. And here offensively if they can convert on these third downs, which is the nature of football in the NFL. Like right. you'll see offenses go through dry spells where they're having a hard time converting or they can't find the explosive play. And this and it's again it's it's not nuanced, it's it's high level, but con, <laughs> explosive plays and first downs possessing the football are the keys to good offensive production. And and that was not what they did in the first half. And then when you get out in the second half, the offense looks like a different group because they're on the field, they're extending drives, they're making plays, they're making tough catches. Love what Sam Howell did. Love the competitiveness. You know, love the competitiveness of the offensive line. There's a lot of good things to draw from that offensive performance. It just comes two quarters into the game, and that's tough, right. man. And that's that's happened uh, too many times this year. Um, the commanders, this uh, according to Nathan Janky, Janky, sorry, Nathan, I don't know how to pronounce your last name from Pro Football Focus, <laughs> and saying Nathan Janky makes him sound fake. So uh, yeah, old Nate kinda. from PFF says the commanders dropped back to pass 55 straight times without a design run tonight from 849 in the second quarter until the end of the game. That is the most for a team in game that PFF has data for back to 2006. So yeah. um, like they did find a way to move the ball, obviously completely through the air. I thought it was, they took too long to get to the screen game. Like the first play of the second half yeah. uh, or that first big play, of the second half, they get the screen, yeah. um, you know, and, and that kind of unlocks the offense. You know, I, I do think well, that at times in the second half, like they could have been a little bit more patient running it, but like it, all that stuff is secondary to me, Logan, to what's happening on defense. Like yeah. we, we can and should talk about the offense. And I think the offense is going to be interesting to talk about of how to continue to tweak it, make it better. There's yeah. some things I would love to talk about with Sam. That's probably better suited for the film review podcast. Sure. But yeah, okay. mm -hmm. for right now, this defense is on a historic pace and not a good one. Like yeah. They are on pace and shout out to Mitch Tischler, uh, Beltway football podcast for, for tweeting this out last night. They are on pace, Logan, to give up 544 points this season, which would be an NFL record mm. by like double digits. It's, it's horrendous. And yeah. unlike, unlike, I think the last couple of weeks where you're like, damn it, they are playing well down in down out. Yeah. And then there's these big plays that betray them. This was bad ball through and through. And yes, there are big plays on top of the bad ball. Right. This was genuinely bad ball through and through. And I think that part of it is execution, obviously, like good plan. I mean, Chase Young, I believe, or Montez Sweat, one of those two guys said after the game, like, this isn't on Jack Del Rio. He called a good game plan. Well, we didn't execute. Good for them. And, and like, good for them for taking it on the yeah. chin. I don't know that that's, that's at remotely accurate. Um, and there, you know, you can game plan versus like general approach and getting through to your players. Like, we'll talk about it, 
but like part of it's clearly execution, but part of it is like a lack of understanding. And this to me goes to Jack and it goes to Ron of being able to get through to the players, what it is you want to do from your highest level approach. We would like to keep everything in front of us and not yep. give up big plays. And on the back end right now, whether it's Forbes gambling after stuff, Fuller, I don't even like Fuller got mossed by well, DJ Moore on that also, sick play in the back of the end zone. Yeah. He gets his hand on that other ball late in the game when you're trying to make a play. Like to me, that's kind of like the Forbes play last week that I don't fault him for. Yeah. But the, the safety play in this game from Forrest and Butler was bad. Forbes obviously gives up a bunch of stuff and it comes from an inability to keep the ball in front, ta rally, tackle, and make a team, especially like the Bears, who we said all week is not really capable of earning it, earn it. And they just didn't do it at all yeah. at any point in the game. No, I mean, I, I agree. I think some of those early plays, you know, with the safety specifically, like this, say what you want about this offense, but one of the problems with a running quarterback is the safety has to kind of be aware of the fit. And I haven't, I had to listen to it on the radio. First off, listening to the call by Julie Bram and, and London, you could hear the air go out of the stadium during that call. But like it was just you could feel kind of like, oh no, here we go. And when you get to the stadium and watch the game, it's just like, oh my goodness, this is this is rough. And it's rough, man. It was it was a rough performance. And I and I think there's this, you know, in the postgame show, we're standing there and fans are screaming to fire Jack Del Rio. They're going crazy. And in a game like this, it's not all on Jack. It's not all on the players. It's a it's a it's a combined effort. Of when you guys. give up forty, it's everybody. It's man. everybody, man. And I like to your point. I think you bring up a great point there. Like after the bolt the the Buffalo game, I was like, this is fine. Like they played well enough to win this football game. The offensive let them down. The offense let them down. Even after Philly, to a certain extent, it was like, man, they did so many good things outside like ten, of like mostly 10 guys had a good game and Forbes yeah. just had a rough one and and yeah. some of it was like bad job by him some of it was like he was on the wrong end of great stuff yeah and I, and so then you say okay well that's that's tough um yeah, that's tough and, and then this game it just felt like nobody was doing what they were supposed to do when they were supposed to do it and I've been on offensive games like that in my career and it's terrible uh, you know that old like I don't know if you've seen replacements Craig where he talks yeah. about quicksand like literally everything you try and do just seems to get worse, just seems to make things worse. That's kind of how the offense looked in the Buffalo game. Everything they did, any any like little positive hint was then complimented with an interception or a holding call or whatever. And that's kind of what this defense felt like. And so as much as people want to get on Jack, and I think there a, a good amount of criticism should be levied toward Jack. Ultimately, you're the DC, like the buck stops with you. Like this game is is more, it's about more than that. I look at, those two third and sevens that they got in the first half where they're running, they're not running a draw. They're just running duo from offset gun and the defensive tackles think it's a pass rush situation. They run out of there. You get a nice little stutter move by the back to get the tackle to jump inside. And it's a, it's a first down. And that's just, that's just poor, you know, like that's, and I understand the situation is third and seven. You want to rush the passer, but also like being aware that the other the other coach knows like what you're trying to do and what you're trying to get after. I think is it's tough. It, it was it was a tough game to watch from a defensive standpoint. In the post game, you know, we were talking and it's just like there was nothing. There's like nothing positive to say. I mean, I I don't want to be Chase, overly yeah, negative. like yeah. I mean, <laughs> if we want to say something positive, Chase looks great yeah, um, athletically. Awesome. Like, and yeah. he he looks like he's getting a little bit more into the rhythm every game, and like that's encouraging. That's great. Duran still pretty much looks like yeah. Duran, although he hasn't gotten as much pass rush pressure. Um, Montez flashed a couple times, but like that's kind of it. And then it's like you say, well, St. Jude said that nice 
PBU in the end zone, which maybe is a PI, but like good for him on right. that play. Jamin's still like there's times where Jamin flashes, but it's it's too the the the, the, the organism as a whole just wasn't there. And like I don't, I'm not talking bad about individual players. I'm not talking bad about coaches, but ultimately, like that's just something that that needs to be better. And the only thing I can think, the only thing I can think that leads to that is just the the Philly game just weighed on them a little heavy. They came out really flat. They didn't really understand like what the intent was of the game plan in the short week. And this is what happened. And this is one of the reasons I think Thursday night football ha- leads to these results sometimes is because I think physically it's hard to get ready on a short week, especially after a physical football game. And then mentally, I think especially for the Bears, because of what they present offensively, it leads to kind of this like a guy's not guys out there playing hard, but not really knowing. And on defense, you got to know. You can't be in between and you got to know what we're trying to do. And I felt like there was a little bit like that. That wasn't that wasn't there. And I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to understand why this game feels like an outlier from the rest of the season, quite frankly. You know, right. I mean, and and on some levels it is on some levels it isn't right. Like at the end of the day, result is actually not an outlier. Like they've given up 33 or more in four of the five games. This is who they are defensively. They have not fixed the big play problem. And at some point you go you stop going. If they could just fix the big plays, they'd be all right to go like, no, we've got a big play problem. Yeah, and uh, yeah. what it, like, diff- time to change some stuff up to, to fix it. Yeah.